A lifeguard shortage is affecting public pools across the country. The problem of child sex abuse in the Boy Scouts of America. This extremely tight-knit community shattered by gun violence. I don't want another young gymnast, Olympic athlete, or any individual to experience the horror that I and hundreds of others have endured. Closing pools nationwide is causing some unexpected people to step up. Welcome, y'all. Thanks for listening to Episode 5 of Staffing Safety Society. I'm Kevin Trapani. And I'm Paige Bagwell. Today, we're going to go after a couple of important issues that are uh, in the headlines. And I guess we're going to start, Paige. There is early voting happening in most states. Yes. Around the started. crucial election cycle. I know. I know. And so I have a question for you. Yeah. Tell us about your first time voting and what that felt like. You know, Kevin, I was, you know, so I should admit that my mother was um, a history teacher. So um, it was important for her to instill in us the importance of understanding what our rights are as voters and all of those things. So I will admit that there was some influence, at least teaching us the importance of it. But um, on my 18th birthday, it's the first thing I did. It's the first thing I did was when I was at the age that I could do that. And at the time we were in a small town and you would have to go to like the town hall to do it. Like I actually have this vivid memory of walking into these doors of this older building and, you know, trying to figure out what I do um, to, to register. And I remember looking at my mom to say like, so like, what do I, what do I check here? What, you know, as I, where, what political party I'm a part of. And my mom looked straight back at me and said, that's not my decision. Nope. You bet that's on you. <laughs> that is on you. And so it was the first lesson of you got to know what you're doing as, as part of your voting right. And so research, who do you align yourself with? Who is saying the things that are important to you that you find passion about, around? And that has nothing to do with what your mom votes for, your dad or your best friend or anybody else. This is your right. And you should do the research to understand what that is. And that started at the age of 18. Awesome. So, what about so, you? You've been well, through a few more uh, election cycles than I have. So tell me what, like, how has it evolved over the years? That was a very gentle way to say that. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could have said that in a totally different way. <laughs> yes, you really could have. I'm grateful for that. Uh, I, so a couple takeaways on what you just said. First of all, um, imagine if everybody had to go to the town hall I know. to do their voting now. I mean, so we've had a lot of progress, right? I mean, we talk about Right. Restricted access to voting a lot, but but there's a lot more places to vote today. We I can vote at my church, right? A mm -hmm. lot of people can vote at my church, but that's I think that's a great thing. And so that's on the one hand. The second thing you said, which really resonates with me, is that we have a civic responsibility to vote, and your mom made that really clear to you, which is great. Mm -hmm. We also have the responsibility to consider our vote, which right. is the point your mom was making when you look for the you know phone a friend, which mm -hmm. box do I check? And she just said, hey, that's on you. Right. So the idea of considering our voting is really important. But um, five minutes ago, when you did your first vote, and I'm only kidding, um, but <laughs> when you a little longer than that, <laughs> when when you cast your first ballot or registered to vote for the first time, mm -hmm. we're in a different time now. We're just in a different time because um, there is so much false information uh, oh, that right. is just overwhelming. And, and so I just want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, there's a company called NewsGuard, which is an organization that tracks misinformation online. And they found recently that about 20% of all the videos on TikTok, which is how many billions of videos, right? 20% of all the videos on TikTok right now contain false or misleading information on topics like school shootings, 
or Russia's war on Ukraine. Wow. That's that's overwhelming when you think about that content. There's lots and lots of misinformation about the election, about world events and stuff. And, and speaking of Russia, we are unwittingly complicit in their info war in the U.S. I don't right. be really clear mm-hmm. about this. Russia's disinformation playbook, which they call active measures, was developed before the internet was even a thing. That's how long their disinformation program has been in place. And it was invented by the KGB. There's seven steps to this. It's ingenious and amazing, and it applies even today. First, find a crack. Identify places where society is most divided and hostile so you can break them apart. KGB pre-internet. Two, the big lie. (laughs) They create a lie so enormous that it's difficult to believe that it's made up. Three, the kernel of truth. Construct the lie around a small bit of truth to lend credibility. Four, conceal your hand. They make sure that the lie cannot easily be traced to its foreign source. Five, the useful idiot. Identify people whose hostility makes them easy targets for the lie then use them as mules to spread the lie. Pre-internet KGB. Six, deny everything, no matter the evidence, deny any involvement in the lies fabrication. And then finally, number seven, the long game. They know that only a few seeds will take root over a long period of time. So, so as many as possible and nurture the promising ones. So what do we do, Paige? In this situation, how do we respond so I want to have us give a few guidance points here. Yeah. Yeah. Because you gotta you gotta find out what's false and what's true. And so an understanding that misinformation and disinformation is out there, that's the first step. But let's take a couple of things. First of all, when you see sensational headlines, corroborate them. Right. If something sounds outlandish, probably it is. And so let's take a look at the source and get at that. Because what happens is the algorithm, when you click on that headline, the algorithm knows that's what you like. And you're telling the algorithm on social media, give me more of that. Keep feeding me that. Mm-hmm. You bet. So that's the first one. Second one, then specifically check the source before you click on it or you comment or you share or you like, because now you're really juicing the algorithm. I want more of that and I'm going to share it. And that's what they're looking for. Third one is seeing isn't believing. You got to understand that that pictures and videos can be doctored. There's a thing called deep fakes. They can look like you or me saying something we never showed. And so search for the speech, take the image and put it in, in Google images to find out where it came from. Here's another one that's really important. Don't believe it just because it came from a well-known someone or a, a friend, maybe. Right. This is a tough example. Christians are one of three groups in the United States that foreign powers actively target with disinformation. Wow. MIT's technology review says 19 of the top 20 Christian Facebook pages are run by foreign troll farms. Now, what do they do? They post 95% or so of their content is Christian content stolen from other pages And then they slip in 5% of just insanity. Right. And that makes the Christians looking at those pages, the useful idiots we talked about spreading disinformation. 
That's how it works. So staying away from the headlines that are crazy and clickbait and all that stuff. And the final point I'll make is admit when you get it wrong, right? We're all going to make mistakes. I read a story recently about a guy who shared a crazy flight 93 transcript that was out of control. You may know about it. I'm not going to further that misinformation. Mm -hmm. A lot of people did, but then he did something shocking. He issued a mea culpa. He just wow. said, Hey, I got this wrong. And most people don't do that. My name is courage or moral. I don't know what, but when you do that, you share that you care more about truth than your reputation, mm. a really cru crucial thing. And so yeah. hey, it's early voting season. Let's vote, but let's really carefully consider our vote and let's be strong and find our way through, through the misinformation. Absolutely. Like when my mom gave me that advice was pre-internet days, quite a few years ago, she would have never thought in her mind at that point, she was giving me advice that would have managed a constant feed into my phone that stayed in my pocket all day long. Right. Like crazy. that wasn't even, that was a crazy, that was probably like, that's a crazy misinformation that'll never happen in our world. And here we are. Um, yeah. But the advice is still the same. Don't just because your best friend said it, just because your mother said it, you have to do your research, be the person that commits to like, Hey, there's, this is, am I saying this? Let me, let me do some test factors. If, if this is really true, where are they getting this information? Do your digging. Um, and it's not just about the years that there's presidential elections. This upcoming election season is, it's crucially important for our country. Yep. And so do the the local research. elections. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, do the research all the way from your mayors to your senators, right? Like don't, don't just assume, Hey, I'll just, you know, vote big up here for bigger offices. Do your research and know what you're doing because it's important. It is a responsibility okay. of yours. Well, Paige, we just talked about voting without getting political. Congratulations. Yay. High five. All right. <laughs> Nicely done. Virtual high five. <laughs> so let, let's, let's use the, the thread of what we just talked about here. Responsibility, right? Don't go through the motions when you're voting, right? Yeah. Use responsibility. And, and we want to talk about employee engagement today. Yeah. And we're going to use that thread of responsibility to connect the two conversations. And, and so let me, let me just start with, with, a question for you in terms of, of employee engagement, there's this term now called quiet quitting, right? which I think you and I think is an issue around employee engagement. So what is quiet quitters and, and how does it reflect on engagement? Right. And, you know, it's a good question because it's getting a little bit of like, you know, it, it can become controversial because I think there's a side of it that is the employee side and there's a side of it that is the employer side. So quiet mm -hmm. quitting is, hey, they are they're getting their job done every day, right? They're, this is their task. They're checking those tasks off, but they, they're not staying late anymore. They're not doing above and beyond. They're not volunteering for projects or, or things mm -hmm. like that. They are doing the bare minimum, not to say they're not doing their job. They're just doing the bare minimum because um, maybe they're not connected to that work. Maybe they don't feel valued in that work. Um, maybe they feel like, Hey, this is just, I'm just buying my time until I, I find something else that better aligns with me. But in that moment, what is, how does that translate to what is actually happening with the work? Right. When somebody's just kind of going through the motions, just like your vote, right. When you're just going through emotions, there is a consequence to that down the road of what that actually looks like in theory and in practice. Yeah, and I know you you spend a lot of time at Redwoods talking about kind of how is your job, your work every day connected to mm -hmm. the purpose of the company. Right. And and I want you to talk a little bit about how important it is to connect people to purpose. Yeah. So Kevin, you've heard me say this before. I struggle with um the articles that say, how do you find a good work-life balance? 
right? Because what that means is if you start to fit, like actually visualize a scale, meaning if work ten, you know, goes this way, then that makes your life out of, you know, regular life out of balance right. or this is like zero a zero sum game, right? More right. here means less there. Right. And it shouldn't be. You should find work that just combines your life so that you don't feel like you're having to do this dance. That if I step one way wrong over here, that the whole life, my whole life tips over. Find work that connects you to what you're doing with the rest of your life. And so Redwoods is really important to me because our mission is to create communities that are safe for all. I have kids. I have I have, we have parents and grandparents and cousins, and I, mm -hmm. that is what's important to me. Mm -hmm. And because my kids walk through the doors of a YMCA or a boys and girls club, it also means I also care for every child that walks through that door. And so mm -hmm. that helps me find the connection so that I don't feel like I have to choose this over this. Yep. And so when you have that passion and that connection, you don't really go through the motions anymore because it's really important to who you are. Right. Because your work is aligned with your values. And of course, the flip side of that is you started by saying this is a balanced conversation mm -hmm. because the flip side of that is the employer has to exist for purpose. And the right. vast majority of, you know, our millions of listeners on this podcast, because we went from tens of listeners to millions. Yes, um, we did. It, definitely yeah. millions. I don't think we've, we've got the billions yet, but definitely millions. But the, most of the listeners on this podcast are working in youth serving organizations right. who exist for a purpose. If they do their work well, communities thrive, communities are mm -hmm. safe. And so what an incredible advantage these employers have because they've got people who are already working in a way that's aligned with their values. Right. So imagine the comparison between a really good youth serving organization trying to get somebody engaged and a company that exists purely for profit trying to get somebody engaged that that's a really hard it's leap hard to make. it's very right. very hard and but you can do it there are companies that do it they can trying to connect their their employees to that and how they engage in the community and in different ways to do that when you're a for-profit organization like fun story as like a full circle for connecting yourself to the work. My, at the same time I was voting or registering to vote, I was also a YMCA counselor when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And one of my kids that I was responsible for is now my brother-in-law. My husband's brother was a kid in my care when I was a YMCA counselor. Now at 18, did I piece all this together that like I'm responsible for this person? But now looking back, I get to say like, gosh, what, an, what a privilege that is, I got to be responsible for all these kids, but I actually got to see one of those kids grow up and become an adult that votes and all the things. And so getting people to connect those small dots, even when they might not see it in the moment, it's just so that, important. That's called community. And you know, yeah. this story, I, I had a heart attack uh, nine years ago and, and grateful oh, to yeah. be where I am now. When I was sitting on the front steps of my house, uh, with the leads attached to my chest, the young man, fellow named John Wooten, who's a hero from my perspective, yeah. said, Mr. Penny, let me just ask you a question as we get all this information. Is Caitlin your daughter? Oh, and I wow. Said, well, yes, she sure is. And it turned out that while Caitlin was kind of running the girl side of camp, John was running the boy side of camp. Amazing. Isn't that Amazing. something? And that so, is community, right? It takes everyone. It takes yeah, everything. That's, that's exactly right. And so here we are connected to work that has purpose, whether you're a lifeguard or a camp counselor or whatever role you might have, or you're CEO of a boys and girls club or a camp or a JCC, you are already working for purpose. And so flipping the script here, I think the script around quiet quitting has been around bad employees. Mm -hmm. You're just asking us to think about, hey, maybe we're bad bosses. 
exactly. Don't, it's, it's never one-sided, is it? It's never one-sided. You always have to, it's, you're always being a good citizen when you're pausing to say, all right, so what does this mean on my side? And so think, you've got, a, you've got someone that's quiet quitting. Let's put, it, let's put it into a YMCA example. And they're sitting on a lifeguard chair. Mm-hmm. Do you want the quiet quitter on the lifeguard chair? Now, have they done anything wrong? They're in their place on time. They've got their whistle where they're supposed to get. They've got you know everything they need to be at work and doing it well. But do you want them just doing the bare minimum? Let's flip it again. You've got a CEO that just shows up every day. You know they're checking the boxes. I've walked the I've walked the halls. You know right. I've I sent the board email. You yeah. know I, I went and visited the donor because you know I, I need that money. Do you want that that person as a quiet quitter? So it it covers all, it doesn't just mean like those that are your lowest paid employees. It could be any employee. What you want to connect to is how are you stopping and saying, how am I engaging with each person that I pass? And so when I'm going to, for the CEO, have I been on that pool deck and said, how are you today, Mr. Lifeguard? Tell me what you've seen. Walk me through your day. Let's talk about it. Do you feel good about it? Do you feel prepared? Is there anything I can be doing to support you? Imagine that conversation versus somebody just sitting there going, all right, well, I get off in two hours. Watching the clock. You, you mm-hmm. bet. A whole different kind of engagement. And so when we think about the, the kind of disconnected employee and what we're defining here is the employee that's doing their job. I think that's a really important thing. We're not talking about employees that don't show up on time or don't perform their skills well. We talked about the idea of a bad boss. We've become familiar recently here with a couple of terms that just are amazing to me because quite frankly, they're examples of bad employers. There just Mm -hmm. are. And so just ask yourself, how about quiet firing, right? The employer (laughs) that tries to make their employees' lives miserable so they'll leave. So they'll leave. Then there's quiet fleecing. Quiet fleecing is amazing to me. These are our employers who whose workers pay lags behind their increased productivity. Right. And, and so are actually taking advantage knowingly. They're what? giving you more and you're giving them less. You bet. You mm-hmm. bet. And so these are a bunch of pieces about the complex answer to quiet quitting, which is a balanced answer. We expect more of our employees and they should be expecting more of us. Is that exactly. It's absolutely, you have to be just like we were talking about with voting, everything, it takes an active approach. You can't just like, all right, I'm going to go, this name sounds nice. I'll vote for this person, right? It's an active, I've got to do my research to show up to be a boss and to be an employee. Both sides have to be active. The boss has to say like, engage, be in relationship, ask questions, learn more. How can I help you? What's the development you need? The employee should be able to say, thanks for asking. I actually do have an idea. Like, I hope this helps. You know, I hope that, you know, you're listening to me. That's the active engagement that everybody quite honestly deserves, right? You look for that in your own family and your own friends. Why wouldn't you look for that in work? Because that's when people start to say, oh, well, work's different. That work-life balance, it should all overlap. You should be engaging in relationship in every aspect, it shouldn't be something different. We were interviewing a fellow the other day at Redwoods, and I said the thing I say all the time, which is that, you know what? We When you come to work at Redwoods, we want you to bring your head, but we also do not want you to check your heart at the door. We want your head and your heart. Bring them both. Well, Paige, we have gotten to the place where we're about out of time, and it is time for us to not give away our shot. 
and I'm going to take a second on this because I'm hearing from our millions of listeners. What yes. is this reference? Well, it's a Hamilton reference. Remember? Yes, it is. Fantastic musical. <laughs> music is fantastic. And Hamilton says, I got my shot. I'm not giving away my shot. He's worked hard for it. And so we worked hard in this podcast to have our final shot. So I'm not giving away my shot. What's your final shot? My final shot is, um, I'm going to go back to our intro is, you know, we, we, I, we can talk all day. I can talk all day on employees and employers and the relationship there. But I think at the end of the day, if we all remember what our civic responsibility is, one of those is voting. The other part of that is being a good human being that engages with others. And that spreads all the way through what we just talked about. But on the voting side, get to know who, what's going on in your community. Find your passions so that you're getting to know things a little bit more. Be involved in nonprofits and finding out what they're doing and helping understand what their needs are when you think about who you're voting for and, and things like that. Be an engaged citizen, which then will translate into an engaged life. That's not just with your spouse or your kids or everybody else, but everybody you come in contact with. Oh, that's awesome, right? The idea of an engaged life, walk a little bit in somebody else's shoes and mm -hmm. get an integrated experience. Uh, my last shot is, is simple. Uh, and it, it maybe captures a little bit of what we talked about in terms of, of the, the quiet quitting. If you want an engaged employee, engage with your employees. Mm. All right. There's a balance here. Paige, yeah. thank you for a great conversation as usual. Absolutely. Good to see you. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody.